Welcome to the Southland Podcast, a resource produced by Southland Christian Ministries located in Ringgold, Louisiana. We trust that this podcast will encourage and equip you in your walk with God. Amen. Thank you guys for that. Beautifully, beautifully done. And a good evening, everybody. Dinner was awesome, wasn't it? And uh, just a whole a great day today. And uh, here you go, my love. All right, it's for you. If you want to take your Bibles, you can be turning tonight to the book of Ephesians and the fourth chapter, all right? Find Ephesians chapter four. Of course, we're talking about advancing your marriage in every stage of life. And uh, we'll kick off tonight with the uh, book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And uh, just to get ourselves thinking here, get ourselves going. And how many of you, it's been a long day for you? Uh, these uh, days go fa- uh, fast, but it was a, a full day, wasn't it? And uh, just a great day. And uh, thank you guys for good questions this afternoon. And uh, Bethy and I enjoyed that very much. And we're ex- just uh, looking forward to these final couple of sessions together. Did you notice our book table that uh, Brother Mike and the staff here allowed us to put some books out back there? And almost everything on the table has to do with marriage. I think maybe there's one exception, marriage or family. And uh, you'll find our Extraordinary series on the table. Uh, I do a lot of partnership with uh, Evangelist Harold Vaughn. And uh, Bethley and I helped to write the Extraordinary series. There's two there for ladies, Extraordinary Wife and Mother. And there's two for men, Husband and Father. And those are mentorship books. They're a month of reading. Uh, a lot of folks don't read in our culture. How many of y'all are aware of that, are you? And uh, yet those are easy to read. We tried to make every chapter about 800 words. So one chapter a day for a month. Uh, if you buy the whole series, that's two months of reading for the husband and daddy, two months for the wife and mom. There's a book there that Harold and I wrote together called Home Improvement and uh, just another variety of things there. Check that over if we can help you. Uh, we'll be there after the service or before the service. If you have any questions, then let us know. All right. Are we ready? All right, Ephesians chapter four. Now we, we, we're, we're talking, uh, you know, here's where we've been. We talked last night about this time factor because the Bible says in First Peter that we are to understand each other. We're unique. Uh, men don't respond like women. Women don't respond like men. And we have to understand that difference. And that takes a lot of time. And y'all, y'all agree with that, don't you? And, and it changes. We change all through the seasons of life. And so yet the wife has to know how to win her husband in every season of life, even when he's not everything he ought to be. And, and husbands, we have to honor our wives in every season of life and understand her. Uh, this morning, we took the session to talk to you about Together Alone about uh, prioritizing that aspect of our marriage, the bedroom, and about uh, winning there as well, making that a phenomenal area. I, I think I, I think I said this to you men, and I'm sure Bethley at least alluded to, to you ladies as well, that one of the things that's helped our marriage is taking the time, uh, we try on a yearly basis to read books together. And uh, we try every year to read a book on marriage, and we've read a ton of them. Doesn't mean they're inspired, you know. They're just books. And you don't always agree with everything you read in a book, but uh, we've read a lot of books together. And then we've also, we'll read a book on marriage. We re- we're raising children, so we'll try to find a book at least once a year and uh, a book on raising children. And here's the format we follow. Either I'll read it first and then I underline 
And I have this little way when I underline, I put a little triangle on the edge of the page that, uh, you know, when you're, when you're skinning through the sides of it, you see the triangle and it points to something. Uh, Bethley, she does it differently. She writes a lot of notes in the margin. And I always enjoy reading it after her because she'll write things like, seriously? And, uh, you know, and I can hear her saying it because when I see her comment, I'm like, I can hear her saying that. And uh, but then we read it together and I look at what she's highlighted. She look at what I highlight and then we just talk about it. And uh, we've done that with the books on marriage, many books on raising children. And then we look for books about the bedroom as well. Uh, that is an area that's important. So uh, I, I encourage you to do the same. Uh, you may not be an avid reader, but you know you could read one a year on marriage or one a year on the bedroom and be wise about that. Um, sometimes there's books that you you just you know there's been a few books along the way you're like yeah we're not going to read that anymore that's that's too far or makes me uncomfortable. But if you'd like a list, if you'd like a list, you'll email us. Uh, you can find my website Evangelist Dave Young. You can send me an email. I'll email you the list we have. We're always adding to it or uh, catch me even here at camp and uh, I can try to airdrop it to you if, if that would work as well. But tonight we're going to talk about right thinking. And I can't go any further here without at least drawing your attention to my family. That's, uh, that's our crew. I told you about our family, didn't I? Have I, have, I, have I told you about our kiddos? And there they, they all are. That's uh, Abby and David on the end there. And uh, Abby, uh, Abby's David is a professor at West Coast. And this morning I got up and um, I opened my email before I came over to the service. And my email said that today was David's birthday. Facebook alerts me. And it said today was David's birthday. So I wrote my son-in-law a nice little text today. And I said, hey, happy birthday, David, son. I was going to buy you a car, but the way fuel prices are, I knew that wouldn't be good. And uh, so I just told him how much I loved him. And then I said to my wife, I said, hey, do you know the day is David's birthday? And she said, no, it's not. His birthday's in June. And uh, I was like, oh, that was an April Fool's. And uh, so my son-in-law put his birthday on April the 1st as an April Fool's. And I went back this afternoon, and it's amazing how many people have wished him happy birthday today. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, way to go, Dave. So he just texted me about that a moment ago. And uh, he, he's pretty funny. And uh, so there's the, there's the young family. And uh, I know several of you have mentioned that uh, our son, Matthew, who's here on this end, and we told you about his illness. And uh, just just uh, be, be praying for our Matthew as the Lord reminds you of our son. And uh, he, he's, uh, he's always been our larger-than-life kid. He's a, you know, he loves to run just for fun. He'll run 14 miles. Uh, how many of y'all agree? That's just abnormal. And uh, but that's my son, and uh, he's uh, he's a great youth pastor. Tonight he has a whole group of teenagers at his house, and after the morning session, he sent me the devotional he's given to the kids tonight, and it was just really great. But he's really sick, so we're really concerned for him. Pray with us about him. And that's the young family. Now let's just jump in here, advancing your marriage in every stage of life. Ephesians chapter four. And how many of y'all are familiar? Paul is writing to believers about sanctification. And let's just start in verse 17 so we can get the whole context, perhaps. Uh, Paul says these words, This I say, therefore, in testifying the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness, Notice this now, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that she put off concerning the former conversation the old man, 
which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, we'll stop right there. Here's what Paul is talking about, sanctification, about growing in Christ and being what you ought to be. You all all are aware of that, aren't you? And he gives us a formula here. He says, look, you and I can't live the way the rest of the world lives. You all agree with that? You want to have a happy marriage? You can't live the way the rest of the world lives. You want to have God's blessings in your life? You can't live the way the rest of the world lives. You want to have joy and peace and favor and victory all the days of your life? You can't live like this world around you even tells you why in the text. Like, for instance, he says in, uh, in, in the 17th verse, he says they walk in the vanity of their mind. You know what that's trying to say? Their thinking is wrong. Do you know that's true of the world around us? Their thinking is wrong. Y'all are awake, aren't you? I know it's been a long day. But can you think of any ways the world around us thinks wrongly? Name a couple. How does the world think wrong? Name a couple. Gender issues. Absolutely. How do they think wrong with gender issues, Pastor? Everything's backwards, isn't it? Uh, we, don't, we don't believe biology anymore. You know, when I was a kid, uh, they, they made a big deal about biology. Remember that? You know, we're evolutionists because we, we follow the science. Even though science cannot prove evolution, they appealed on the basis of science. Well, science is clear. Uh, there's only two genders. There's an X chromosome and a Y chromosome. One means you're a boy and the other means you're a girl. And now we don't believe in science anymore. We believe in feelings. Feelings trump science. Isn't it amazing how the world thinks so incorrectly on so many different fronts? Uh, how else does the world think incorrectly? Name some. Abortion. That's a big one, isn't it? Abortion. Uh, that, that, that baby's not alive. It's not viable. And, and you all know that's not true, don't you? You know that. We know that. Uh, there's no doubt about that. How about there on the back? How does the world think wrong? Absolutely. There's another one. Now, now you're given some broad ones. Can you even bring it down to a little bit more specifics? Yes, ma'am. Sex before marriage and living together. Boy, the world's wrong there, aren't they? The world says that sex is everything and sex is nothing all at the same time. Because the world goes both ways. And let's live together to find out if we're compatible. Don't you love that one? Y'all know that guys and girls are never compatible, don't you? We don't get married because we're compatible. We get married and make it work. Yes, that's for, so true. Uh, give me a couple of others. Yes, ma'am, back there. Gay marriage. Yeah, that's, a, that's the, a wrong thinking. Yes, ma'am. Letting children run the house. There we go. There you go. He was sneaking up here. Did you see that? Not letting children run the house. I, I wrote these down in my notes just to, 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 to see. Some of these you already mentioned. Uh, here's one the way our, the world around us thinks. You don't be offended by this. You won't be offended, will you? Uh, y'all like me? Are we friends? Uh, don't be offended. Here, here's one way the world thinks wrong. Animals are people too. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Because how many people now buy, you know, bumper stickers for their car? I'm a, I, I'm, you know, I'm a, how, how do they say that? I'm a dog mom. I'm a dog mom. I, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but no, you're not. <laughs> No, you're not. You can't be. That's, that's biologically not possible. And see, it's amazing how the world starts thinking wrongly about these things. The world has animals actually more important now than children. And if you don't believe that, travel, get, get in an airport and just, I love to go to airports and watch people. Do you ever do that? People are so entertaining. But you know if a person walks through the airport and gets on the plane with a little dog? 
No, don't be offended. Don't be offended. The airplane crowd will go like this. Oh, oh, that's so, what you're talking. So, oh, that's so adorable. Somebody gets on with a baby. And people are like, oh, no, a little human. Isn't that interesting how our thinking is skewed? One we should be celebrating, the other we should be treating like an animal. It's an animal. Okay, um, porn is harmless entertainment. That's how our world thinks. We're better off divorced. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? So here's what he says. You can't think like the world around you and have a happy marriage. Y'all with me on that? You can't think like the world around you and have a happy marriage. And did you notice how often thinking is prevalent when it comes to sanctification? Put off the old man, he says. That old man's corrupt. And put on the new man, he says, because that's created by God in righteousness and true holiness. Well, how in the world do you do that? Right between the two. You got to be renewed in your thinking. Do you see that in the passage? Right between the two, right there in verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Are you aware, brothers and sisters, that until you're thinking right, your marriage will not be right? Are you aware of that? You can't be sanctified and spirit-filled unless your thinking is correct. And that's what we're trying to show you tonight. After he lays this out and he says, put off the old man, put on the new man, and you do that by your right thinking, he starts talking about sanctification. Stop lying, he says. Stop stealing. Get rid of your anger. Take care of your bitterness and be kind and tenderhearted and walk in purity. And then he says, husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Work on your romance. What's he talking about? you got to change your thinking to win at home. Do you see what we're trying to say to you tonight? Uh, is, is that, does that truth show up elsewhere? You know Romans 12, 1 and 2? You can quote that one, can't you? Do it for us. <laughs> Caught you off guard here. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, <laughs> I, beseech I beseech you, therefore. you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Did you catch that? How are we going to, how do we stop being conformed to this world that damages us and hurts us and destroys us? He says you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Brothers and sisters, we've got to get this because here is a major issue to winning at marriage. You've got to have right thinking in your marriage, in your marriage. Good marriages don't just happen. They're built. We all agree about that one. So we got to think right. So let's, let's start tonight with this second one. It takes time. It takes right thinking. Uh, Philippians 4, 8, you know that one? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, lovely, pure, and of a good report. If there's any virtue and any praise, think on these things. Your thinking affects how you live, doesn't it? Even the proverb says that, doesn't it? For as he thinketh in his heart, what does it say? So is he. So is he. You understand that? Here's, here's, here's what Beth and I want you to know. If your thinking is wrong, your marriage will suffer. If your thinking is right, right? And let's start by just discussing for a few moments thinking that damages, all right? Thinking that damages. If this is true, what Paul is saying in Ephesians 4 is that this old man in verse 22, this, this former lifestyle, this old man, he's corrupt. He's corrupt. I mean, I'll agree with that. He's wrong. And, and, and if you're not careful, if you live by that old man, your thinking will do great damage. Uh, there, there's been many. We, we've simplified it to three areas to challenge you about. This is a big one in marriage, all right? 
Here's a big one in marriage. How, how often have you noticed that marriages can easily become negative? Is that not true? Negative is the opposite of gratitude. Now, now, what causes negativity? Why is it that so many couples are negative towards each other? And, uh, and how would you how would you how would you answer that? What makes so many couples negative? I would say we focus on the one or two things that are irritating instead of focusing on the many things, dozens of things that are good. And so we allow that couple of things just to fester and we focus on that all the time. You never do this. You never do that. You never do this. You never do that. And we forget about all the wonderful things that this person does too. Yeah. Remember when you were dating? Remember that? When you just thought he was the most amazing man you'd ever met in the world? Do you remember that? <clears throat> do you remember when you were dating? Yes. When you thought he was the most amazing man in the world, ladies, remember that? When you thought she was incredible, guys, remember that? Positivity, that, that positive thinking is what made you want to get married. You thought, oh, my word, I could just live with her forever. And you thought, oh, my goodness, this handsome stallion, this handsome hunk of a man, I could marry him forever. I, I'm just telling you, I could go, this is amazing. Your thinking affected your desire to be married. And here's, why don't we get married? How do we get married? For some reason, we begin to focus on all the things that are wrong. How, how many of you are married? Let me see if you're married. How many of y'all are married? Are, y'all mar are all of you married? All right, uh, is it's there anything? a couple's retreat. I, I was just making sure. Okay. Uh, is there a, because they were looking at me like that, maybe they weren't. Uh, is, there a, is there anything about your spouse now that you're married that has ever irritated you? No. <laughs> My next message is on lying. Uh, <laughs> And here's what happens. You can become fixated on the negative. Bethley's right about that, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, ladies, you can, you can start being fixated on the things your husband doesn't do, and you can be disappointed in him. Is that the right word? Disappointed in him. For crying out loud, my husband has a PhD and cannot pick up his socks and put them in the laundry basket. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, amen. Amen, amen. There we go. But you can be really disappointed, can't you? And you know, a husband can get disappointed in his wife. Well, she's not like this, and she doesn't do this, and, and, and she doesn't respond to me like this, and he doesn't treat me like that. And you know what happens in negative thinking? Negative thinking, watch this now, always leads to bitterness. It always does. And here's why bitterness is so hard, right? Because it starts as a root. If we, knew, if we knew the fruit of bitterness right away, we'd deal with it. But the reason bitterness is so dangerous is I get, I get if I get frustrated at Bethlehem Joy and I, I allow disappointments and I begin to focus on that, she doesn't do this and she doesn't do that or she does this or she does that. And that becomes the focus of, our, of my relationship to Bethlehem. All negative. It's negative, it's negative, and negative. Here's what happens. The next thing that happens is a root of bitterness begins to grow in my heart. But it's no big deal because it's a root. It's not that big a deal. It's just a little thing. And it's not really damaging us. We're fine. I mean, of course, I'm bothered. We're not really as happy as we used to be, but we're still together, aren't we? And we're raising kids, aren't we? There's a lot of couples in our churches. They're still together. They plan to stay together, but they're negative. You've seen that, haven't you? You ever been around a couple that was really negative? It is so awkward. It's like, you know, don't invite them over. They all suck the life right out of a room. Let me just tell you. And it's just, it's a deadly way to live. Negativity is the opposite of gratitude. Are, are you all with me on that? Does that, does that make sense? Uh, 
contempt. Let's, uh, by the way, any, anything you'd add to negativity before we leave that? I would say it's probably easier than we think. And a, a lot of you have been married um, several years. And so you already know this, that you can go a few days thinking negative thoughts. And before you know it, that's all you're thinking. And you're at each other and you're fussing at each other and things aren't really well. So it happens really, really quickly. So when you when you feel that negativity coming on, it's not that you can't face real issues. You can. We're going to talk about that in the morning about talking about issues. But when you feel that negativity coming on, you want to nip it really fast. Absolutely. And we do that with our kids, don't we? I mean, you have children. You have children. If you see negativity in your children, you're all over it, aren't you? Why are you talking about your sister that way? Why do you treat your brother that way? What is wrong with you? We don't treat each other that way. And yet you see couples doing it all the time and overlooking and thinking it's okay. It's no way to live. It's no way to live because negativity is the opposite of gratitude, just like contempt is the opposite of adoration. Now, contempt is a big issue in a lot of marriages. Contempt is so deadly. And, and, and here's what we found about contempt. Contempt is a spiritual journey before it's a marital one. In other words, contempt happens in your heart before it happens in your marriage is what I'm saying. And, and, and a person just kind of gets to the place where they're not really right with God and, and they're just bothered. You, you know what I mean by just bothered? They're just bothered. And you know, their husband, you know, my husband and, and, uh, and it's always a kind of roll your eyes and sigh. And, uh, and, and sometimes men, sometimes men are be like, Oh, you know, the old lady I married. And, and, and maybe you wouldn't say that. Maybe you don't say it that way. But there can be a little bit of a roll your eyes and sigh in your heart about your spouse. Oh my word! That, that you know, it's just a, you know, it's contempt. It it it, it it's a it's a uh, it's something you see in the look. You know what I mean by that? Contempt shows up in a look. You, you ever been around a couple and uh, when he starts talking, uh, she looks away from him? Or you, you ever heard this phrase? Her eyes were locked and loaded. And, and the next thing you know, he's over here telling that same joke he's told 550 times. And the next thing you know, contempt can show up. And say, oh, my word, here we go again. And sometimes even ladies will say that, or even, even opposite. Sometimes guys will be that, oh, here she is telling that story again. And, and it's, it's just this contempt for each other. You know, you'd hate a boss that treats you with, treats you with contempt. If you're working on a job and the boss always has contempt for you, every project you do, your boss is, is got a negative about it and he treats you contemptuously. And he's like, you know, well, you, you know, well, that was a dumb thing to do. And every time you do something well, he downplays it in some way. Well, you know, I, you know maybe you did the project and you poured a lot of time into that project and, and, and he finds a reason to give credit to somebody else. Or she finds a reason to give credit to somebody else. I have a friend that makes six figures a year in a particular business he, he works in, and uh, he, he and I are really close, and he, he enjoys his job, and it is a very well-paying job. And you know what he's doing this month? He's quitting. He's quitting the job. You know why he's quitting the job? Because the boss is a jerk. Everything you do in that, everything you do in that business, everything you do in that business, and, and, and he's been working for her for several years. Everything anybody does in that business, she's sarcastic about it. She belittles it. She tears it down. It's never good enough. Everything about her is negative and contemptuous. And I'm telling you, six-figure salaries aren't worth it, is what my friend says. I'd rather work at McDonald's and barely survive than have the money we have and enjoy the lifestyle we live than put up with that every day of my life. You know why a lot of marriages end in divorce? Or why a lot of couples are not happy? Because our thinking is wrong. 
When we start thinking with negativity towards each other, we're in trouble. When we start thinking with contempt towards each other, we're in trouble. Uh, it's, it shows up in the, in the look. It's also heard in the tone, isn't it? You know what I mean by that? The tone. Uh, your, your tone can tell whether or not you're starting to feel contempt. Uh, here's, the, here's the progression. Negativity leads to what? Do you remember? Bitterness. Negative leads to what? Bitterness. bitterness. And then bitterness is what leads to contempt. Negativity leads to bitterness, and bitterness leads to contempt. And you know what contempt leads to? Our, our, our next point here. Contempt. Well, I got the, the look and the tone and the heart. Um, it leads to criticism. Negativity leads to bitterness. Bitterness leads to contempt. And contempt leads to criticism. I, I almost put those opposite. I almost had it negative, critical, contemptuous. But then it dawned on me that that's not, that's not the flow. The flow is negativity. When I'm negative about my spouse, starts having bitterness. That bitterness turns my heart contemptuous. Remember, it's a heart issue before it's a marital one. It's a spiritual issue before it's marital. That starts in the heart. Contempt does. Then it begins to show up in the look and in the tone, and the result is criticism. It's the opposite of cherish. How, how many of y'all are familiar with that word cherish? Are you? Remember your wedding vows? Do you remember when you said that in your wedding vows? You, you agreed to love and to cherish. Okay, what does cherish mean? You ever thought about that? What does it mean? To treasure? All right, what, what else would you say? To honor? To adore? Yeah, here's, here's the, the literal definition. Um, oh, where is it here in our notes? Cherish means to protect, to care for someone lovingly, to hold someone dear, to keep a hope in one's mind. But then I kind of like that one uh, because the, the idea of it is that, you know, this is my spouse and, uh, and, and things aren't as well as, as maybe they ought to be right now, but uh, I'm really going to cherish her. I have a hope in my heart that we're working on this and we're going to have a great marriage. There's hope. Cherish means I have hope in my heart for the best. Do you think about the best or the worst? Well, I mean, how, how do you live your life? Some people by nature are more negative than others. How many of y'all know somebody like that? Anybody, anybody know somebody like that? There's more negative than others, right? And if we're not careful, we can live that way to where, you know, it's kind of our, it's kind of our personality, more negative than others. And we, we have some friends that are that way. But if you're that way, you have to especially be careful about criticism because it robs you of cherish. And, and when, when, you're, when, you're, when you have this critical spirit and you don't have hope and you see things in a negative sense, this is wrong thinking, are you understanding why the Bible is, is telling us that if we're going to succeed in the Christian life, we have to think right? Are you understanding this? And we have to build it all the time. Uh, this is thinking that damages. Uh, can you think of any other ways? Um, negativity, criticism, and, and contempt here, there are three big ones. Can you think of any other ways that uh, we think negatively that besides these three broad terms or anything more specifically before we move on? I would just, um, I don't know that I could think of anything differently, but these are culturally um, yes. acceptable mm -hmm. and even promoted, I would say, that you think negatively, especially women against men, it is very promoted that we think negatively, critically, contemptuously about our husbands. You can even find cards at Hallmark that, why would you even give your husband that card? It just makes fun of him. I sometimes I see them and I just I you know hide it behind all the other cards. <laughs> Good for you, baby. <laughs> the Good other for cards. You. Because it's not at all encouraging, but that is our whole 
um, cultural view. That is what's being taught in schools. That's what's being taught on television. That's what's being taught in famous books, um, popular books. And so ladies, we have to be so careful because sometimes we, we try we're a Christian wife. We want to try. We want to be neg- or, um, positive, not negative. And we want to build and we want to encourage. And then we get with our girlfriends. And what do we do? We're like, can you believe he did that again? Oh, really? My husband does that too. Oh, my goodness. Oh, seriously. And we just feed off of each other. And it's going to show up. It will. He may not be at that lunch. He may not know exactly what was said. But when you come home, your attitude will reflect it. So we have to be so, so careful because it can creep in before we know it. Yeah. And I would say to you that are that have kids that are married, even as, as grandparents or, you know, in-laws, you have to be careful about that. Uh, I always appreciate it. One of the things I loved about Bethley's mom and dad is they were always for our marriage. In, in fact, uh, Bethley uh, occasionally would get upset at them a little bit because they tended to take my side. And But all they were trying to do there, as we look back at it, all they were trying to make sure was that they were encouraging us to always think positive about each other. And one of my favorite stories is one morning we were getting ready for church. We had no kids at the time. And we had a little apartment in Heath, Ohio, and we had a little Grand Am that was our, that was our evangelistic car. And uh, we got up one morning, we're going to church, and I have no clue. I could not, I, I don't even know, can you even remember what? There was something going on, and we were a little miffed at each other. I don't even remember. I couldn't tell you why if you made me. If you offered me a million dollars, I could. I mean, I'd make something up for a million dollars, but I, I'd be lying because I have no clue what was going on. I just remember very clearly that, that we were a little miffed at each other. We were a little upset. And we, we, you know, we're on our way to church, but we're a little bothered. And, and it was pretty obvious we were a little bothered. Bethley's mom was the church secretary, and she was always in the office before Sunday school. And we went in, and you know, we were a little bothered, a little, little on the negative side. Our thinking was wrong. And we go into church and, and you know, I, I say, well, I'm just going to go into Sunday school. And I head to Sunday school and she headed to the office to her mom. And I, I just love this. Uh, I had a good mother-in-law, even if I do tell mother-in-law jokes. And uh, I, she goes into the office. I don't remember everything, but you went into the office and you basically said, you will not believe, you will not believe what he did or what he said. I don't know. I don't know the whole thing. But what was it your mom said? <laughs> I, I, I want to make said, sure it's right. Hold on right there. I don't want to know. Don't you tell me. And you go find David and you make it right right now. And I was like, yes, God ma'am. bless my mother-in-law. <laughs> but you know what she was doing there? She, she was not allowing us to bring negativity and fostering negativity. And sometimes here's what happens. Don't run to your mom. Don't run to your mom about your husband. Don't run to your, to your, to your, your mom about your wife. Don't you run to negativity and you be careful about your grown children that are married, you that are getting older now. Don't you allow, don't you allow, don't, don't you be part of the negative, critical, contemptuous thinking. It'll hurt the marriage of your children. And I, I thank God so much that Bethley's mom said, stop it. We're not going to be negative. We're not going to be part of the criticism of David. We're not going to show contempt. You get over there and you make it right because you married him and the two of you ought to be happily married and you go over there and you make it right. And uh, she came into Sunday school and I can still remember this. She was like, you will not believe what my mom did. (laughs) It's like, do tell, baby, do tell. And now we laugh. It was always a laughing. It wasn't exactly a laughing matter that morning in Sunday school, but what a lesson we learned. We can help each other with right thinking. Don't, don't get together with, don't, don't, you remember the Bible says in Titus 2 that you older ladies that are teach younger ladies and you older men are to impact younger men. Uh, one of the ways we can do this is help us all think right. Don't, don't get together and have a, a, a girl bashing time about your husbands. 
Uh, you could. It's easy to do because your husband, I'll promise you, is a sinner. I'll promise you of that. And, 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 and guys, don't get together with all your buddies in some fishing trip or hunting trip or golfing outing and bash your wives. Don't do Encourage each other. Don't allow contempt, negative, and, and, and criticism to damage our marriages. Are we, are we good so far? So we've got to switch gears. We've talked about the negative. Thinking that damages, let's go a step farther, and let's talk about thinking that develops. Now, how, how, do, you, how do you develop right thinking so that in your marriage, you're going to be really close and really happy and really sweet and, and, and really victorious? How do you develop right thinking? Now, we're going to give you two ways to think and three questions you could ask. Two ways to think and three questions you can ask. All right? What's the first one? The first one is to have gratitude. Think <laughs> gratitude. Now, we're going to park on this one for a while. This is so simple and yet so amazingly powerful. Do you know what God wants you to do about your spouse? Be grateful. That's your husband. That's your wife. Gratitude will change your marriage. How long has it been since you two were overwhelmingly thankful for each other and it was evident to everybody around you? How long has it been? You were thankful. You showed it, you lived it, you said it. You said it, you lived it, you showed it. Gratitude is huge. Be ye thankful, the Bible says. Gratitude's huge, and it's a, a powerful matter in a marriage. It is so incredibly strong in a marriage. Remember, the opposite of gratitude is negativity. Here's how we overcome the negativity. We find reasons to be grateful. Uh, talk about your spouse for a moment. Think about your spouse for a moment. Well, what are you grateful for? Forget the negativity. Forget it. You could find something negative. But you didn't marry him because he was a jerk, did you? You married him because he was amazing. You found reasons to think he's awesome. You know what gratitude does? Gratitude takes potentially negative things and makes them endearing. This is a dumb illustration, but do you remember the socks? You remember the socks a moment ago? Do you remember the socks? My husband won't put his socks in there. You remember that? Do you remember that? You don't, you don't remember that? Okay, now think about that. Here's how, here's how you, can, you can respond to that negatively. You, you can be like this. Oh, my word, my husband's an idiot. I saw a bumper sticker years ago in the back of a car window at Walmart, and it said, uh, all men are idiots, and I married their king. <laughs> and I thought, well, there's a happy marriage. I'll bet you, huh? I'll bet that's a happy marriage. I didn't see the driver, but I kind of wanted to. I wanted to know who was getting in that car. You, you get the idea there's somebody's being negative, right? You, you, you get that idea? But here's the whole idea. You can look, here, here's your husband. My husband has a PhD and will not pick up his socks. Can you believe that? Or you can be grateful for your husband. You can turn that to endearment if there's gratitude. It can, be, it can go like this. Isn't he adorable? My husband has a PhD and can't even pick up his own socks. Isn't that just adorable? Do you all see how huge thinking is? What is the culture? What does what Hollywood, Hollywood sitcoms do? They glorify the negative. Yeah. Oh, my word, she's an idiot. Oh, my word, he's an idiot. What a, what a you know, imbecile I married. And God says, that's how the world lives. Stop it, he says. Yeah. You got to think right. And the way you think right is you practice gratitude. 
Uh, what what uh, recently, Bethley? Bethley is a podcast listener, and uh, she's uh, always got her earbud in listening to podcasts. And one of her favorite podcasters is Nancy Lee DeMoss, Wolgamuth. And uh, Wolgamuth, uh, Mrs. Wolgamuth recently had, uh, what was it? Um, was it in celebration of, of Valentine's Day? Uh, talk about that for just a moment, because that was really good. I, I liked her idea. <laughs> well, if you go on the reviveourhearts.com, ladies, you can look up the um, 30-Day Encouragement Challenge. And it's a booklet that you can order, and it encourages ladies for 30 days. You say nothing negative to your husband or about your husband to anyone, and you say something encouraging or something that you're thankful for. And when I listened to her podcast, I just recently ordered the book. She's talked about this challenge before, and I have encouraged ladies to do it. And then I thought, you know what? I should order that book because I don't know anything about it. But it's a very good book. And all it does is just give you just kind of some guidance. But you could even do it on your own. Just 30 days. I'm not going to say anything negative to him or about him. And um, I've had ladies say to me when I encourage them to do that, they're like, I, I don't think I can do that. I, I don't think I can do that. And even um, Mrs. Walgamuth on her show, she'll say that ladies will, will write her and say, this is so hard. But you know why? Because we're in a habit of being negative instead of looking for the thing to be positive. Right. And I was going to insert in here, girls, sometimes the reason that we're so hard on our husband is because we're frustrated about something in ourself. And we think that he should be aware of it and he's not because you haven't told him and he's not a mind reader and he's not a heart reader and he doesn't know. And so we're frustrated and we're like, why doesn't he know this about me? I'm struggling with this physically or I'm struggling with this emotionally or whatever. And then all of those negative thoughts about ourselves then become focused on him instead of being grateful for the one thing that he did. And then if we're so negative about it, he does one thing. He, he sees, okay, she needs to be encouraged a little bit. So maybe he tries something. He, he buys you flowers. That was a big thing in the game this afternoon. Um, flowers, flowers, flowers. He's going to buy you flowers. And you're like, really flowers? That doesn't fix it. You know? And so it comes to this point where we can't be grateful for anything. So ladies, first of all, watch your own spirit. Are you being negative about yourself? Because you're going to reflect that onto your husband. So being grateful in your own heart for what God has done for you will then reflect in being grateful for the man that God has given you. And you know, it's the same true for us men. We're, we're not women, but men, the fact of the matter is, a man typically holds it all inside, but can start getting a root of bitterness in his life pretty easily. Colossians says, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Uh, what he says is that when I when I allow my thinking to be wrong, it starts turning to bitterness. What happens is I don't love my wife, and and I can't love her. And and how often do we find marriages where you know we're together and and, and, and the world would look at us and say, oh they're fine, but it's not that sweet, loving, amazing, special bond that God intends. And, and wives, if you're living what she's saying, you can't have that bond. But husbands, if we're allowing ourselves to be bitter at our wives, we can't have that bond either. And you know, gratitude is huge. When I say to Bethley Joy, when I say, honey, thank you for the meal. And when I make our children say, mom, thank you for the meal and I love you. That's huge in our home. Gratitude just changes everything. I was home, goodness, some months ago. 
I guess, I, who knows, time runs together. But I, I was home and um, um, I had a to, I'm a to-do list person. I'm not home very often, you know, because I'm normally at places like this. So when I'm home, I always have these huge to-do lists, things I need to get done while I'm home because I'm not home very often. And, and I love to-do lists. Anybody here like that? I, I mean, I write down things I've already done just so I can check it off. It just makes me feel really good. And I was going through my list, and I was, I was on the move. Check it off, check it off, check it off, check it off, check it off. I'm doing my list, man. I'm getting it checked off. And I went tearing into the house, and I went through the back door. Got to get a tool or something in the house. And I, I'm, I rush into the back door, and Bethany's at the kitchen doing something near the kitchen. And she stops me. She says, uh, hey, honey. And the way she said it stopped me. And I, I, I can still remember coming to a stop and looking at my wife. And here's what she said. She looked at me and she said, I just wanted to tell you that I am very, very thankful for all the work you do when we're home to make our house look so beautiful. Something that effect. I can still remember my heart. Wow. I mean, it just changed everything. I was like, whoa, you, you, you want to make out or something? I mean... Uh, <laughs> I mean, forget that to-do list. Um, praise God. I mean, hey, we're on a roll here. But you know, it shocked me when I started thinking about this point in light of that situation. It made the busyness of that day worth it. It drew my attention to, wow, I have an amazing wife. It was just gratitude. How long has it been since you were overwhelmingly grateful for the one you married? And some of you are struggling because it's been pretty negative. And you can always find negative because you're married to a sinner. But I will promise you that your spouse has some good things too. Focus on them. Just think of one thing, one thing a day. And even if it's the same thing the next day, just thank them again for it. One thing a day and one thing at a time. One of the things I love about our house in Florida is it has huge windows and we live in the woods. And so I can look out and I can see David working. He's always making sure that the woods are clear. It's, it's funny to me because I'm like, they're woods. They, why do they need to be clear? But I don't like weeds in my property. woods. So he clears it all up. The brush is all gone. All of the limbs that have fallen in the big storm that we just had, that will be a project for him Easter week. He will be so happy. So Got anyway. Got my steel chainsaw. I'm ready to go. But I love the windows because it gives me such an opportunity to see my man working. And it gives me opportunity to say thank you for things. It also, I'm just going to be real here. I can be like, wow, he's such a man. Look at him out there working hard. It's awesome. And you know, those windows go the other way too. So I, 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 can, I can say that's, that's my wife there making chocolate chip cookies. That's my sweetheart there making a meal for somebody in the church. I'm married to a beautiful girl. See, it was gratitude. It's just so simple. Isn't it so simple? Think gratitude. How about this one? Think adoration. Just, just adore each other. How many, of y'all, how many of y'all have noticed that your spouse has changed since you married them? Does that have happened to anybody? Some of you had hair when she married you, right? Is that, is that true? Did you have hair when she married you? Uh, some of you had hair. Uh, some of us were thinner when she married us, right? Some of you men are twice the men she married. Are y'all with me on that? And, and, and we all, we, some of us have white hair now. We're getting gray-headed. Uh, life changes us, doesn't it? 
But you know what God wants us to do in every stage of life to think correctly? Bethley's daddy, I always loved, Bethley's daddy was amazing. I wish y'all could have met him. And uh, Bethley's dad, uh, he was just such a loving, sweet man. And uh, I remember when my wife was first expecting, every time Bethley saw, or Bethley's dad saw her, uh, he, he always called her Bettles. And he would say, oh, Bettles, you are glowing with beauty you are so beautiful. You're so beautifully pregnant. Oh, my goodness. You're so beautiful. And I, I, just, I just admired that, and I thought, you know what? He's right. She is beautiful. She's, 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 and Bethel used to think, I am as big as a barge. And, uh, and I remember when my wife would be really expected, if, if a lady at a church stopped me in a hallway to ask me a question, it bothered her. That pretty lady was talking to you. And, and I can honestly tell you, I never, I never noticed. There was only one time that I noticed, and I noticed because the lady made me uncomfortable. She also made my wife uncomfortable, and my wife put an end to that. It was exciting. It was really exciting. <laughs> my wife basically said to her, let me tell you something. That is my husband, and I'll take care of him, okay? And uh, put an end to that. And you know what? My wife was right because that lady ran off with another man a few weeks after our revival. She was a a strange woman and and she made me uncomfortable. And and I don't usually pick up on that apparently, but I I just, I just remember the adoration at every stage of life is incredible. It's, it's, it's adoration. And you know what? We we went through the the menopause stage. We're, We're kind of on the other side of that now, but during that stage, that was a stage where my wife was like, I am freezing to death. We're going to crank up the heat. I am freezing. And then an hour later, I am burning up. Crank up the air conditioner. You know what you can do in a time like that? You can be like, oh, my word, my wife is nuts, and this is stupid, and I can't believe it. Or you can be adoring. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that adorable? No. Our electric bill, our electric bill is through the roof. Isn't this adorable? You see, think adoration. And, and I, I mean, for her, you know, this uh, up one minute and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold, that's not a fun thing. But if you're as a husband, see, you, you can adore her at every season of life. When Bethley's mom first got breast cancer and was going through chemo, uh, Bethley's dad adored her. And we watched as Bethley's dad came to the end of his life, struggling with a disease and Parkinson's and and, and it was really affecting his mind and his heart. The adoration made the closing years of their life wonderfully sweet. And that's where God wants all of us to get. But don't wait till you're old to get there. Your wife's raising kids and she's busy as the day is long. In time, she is stretched thin. And if your wife is a stay-at-home mom with, you know, seven children or four children or one, that's demanding. You know, kids just come in your life and stay. And they are demanding. And see, we can complain about the busyness or the frustrations of seasons of life, or we can adore each other through them. Are, are, you, are you grateful and are you adoring each other? Are you finding that adoration to each other? That makes life worth living. Let, let, there's two, two points and three questions, all right? 
Uh, how can we make this? How, how can I put this into practice in a way that I can say, okay, we, we can start thinking like that. Here, here are three questions, all right? Uh, the first, well, I, I threw the love language. We'll skip that. Here are three questions. How can I honor my spouse? That's a good way to think. How can I honor my spouse? That's a good way to think. How can I honor my spouse? Right, so you all writing that down. So let's give them that a, a moment there, sweetheart, and then jump in and and uh, talk about that. How can I honor my spouse? Uh, in our notes, uh, you got you got yours there. Mm-hmm. In your note, in our notes, the first line we put down is uh, the spouse determines the honor. In other words, if you have to state, I do honor my wife. I do. Look at what I do. Of course, I honor my wife. Look at all the hours I work. It's not about you. It's about her. So, husbands, you have to say. What makes her feel honor? Wives, you have to say, what makes him feel honor? There's some generals, general generalities. For a husband, it, it, it might be the bedroom that, that is an emphasis to his heart. We talked about that this morning, but maybe that is the need of his life. Well, if, if that is a, an essential part of his feeling honored, then that's important. It's important to honor your spouse in that way. Uh, for the, the wife, it might be the bedroom as well. Then as a husband, you, you honor her by, by being aware of that desire. Uh, it might be that her desire is connection. Maybe she's with the kids all day. Maybe she's got a nursing baby and she doesn't want you touching her because the baby's touching her all day. And, and, and you by you're being sensitive about that, you're honoring to her. Uh, that he's worked long hours and he's tired and his he's just absolutely exhausted and you've got stuff you need to talk about because you've been with kids all day, but he's worn out. If, if you pace that and think that through and let him relax for a moment or get a shower and get a nap and, and then come to, what are we doing? We're honoring each other. How can I honor my spouse? Is it true? Unless your spouse feels it and experiences it, um, it's not valid. Is that true? It didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> did you hear that? Unless she feels it, unless he feels it and experiences it, the honor didn't happen. Right. So just stop for a moment. Don't be with us tonight. How could you honor your spouse? Your spouse is not my spouse, but how could you honor the person you're seated next to that you call my husband, my wife? What, what, what do you think you could be doing that would honor them, that would show them great honor? What would make your wife feel, wow, he really honors me, values me? What, what, would, what, what would make her think that? What would make him think that? Do you see how simple this is? Now, notice it's thinking because it's not our nature, is it? By nature, what are we? Are we giving or selfish by nature? Usually selfish, my way, my right. I, I can't believe that. Me, 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 me. That's how we are designed by our sin nature. But honor changes all of that. Y'all with me? Are we, are we making sense? All right, here, here's the next question. What's the next question? How can I outdo my spouse? How can I outdo? Now, we have a verse for that one. Do you all know Romans 12, verse 10? He said that we're to prefer one another. Uh, the idea is we're to speak or respond. That was exciting, wasn't it? We are to speak or respond. We are to outdo each other. We're to outdo each other. We're to speak or respond in such a way that outdoes each other. Uh, are, are you guys that way? Are you always trying to, I'm going to show him I, I, uh, I love him more than he shows me he loves me? That changes everything, doesn't it? 
Uh, there's an article. Uh, I, I like this article better than Bethley did. It made more sense to me, and I hope it makes sense to you in the way it made sense to me. In the Atlantic, the Atlantic, Emily Estefani Smith wrote an article called Masters of Love, June 12, 2014, in which she talks about this. She calls it catching more bids, B-I-D-S, bids. It's the idea of an auction. And if you're in an auction or you're on eBay, what are you doing on eBay? On eBay, I, I buy stuff on eBay. I, I have a, a Honda Nighthawk uh, 650, and it's been having some trouble. And I went on eBay looking for a part for a 1983 motorcycle. And I found the part I needed, and there were two options, buy it now or bid. Well, I'm impatient. I could have probably gotten it for less because nobody wants parts for a 1983 Honda Nighthawk. Nobody's buying parts for those. And these were used parts on top. of I could have probably gotten it a lot less had I bid and waited for them to accept the bid. They're just wanting to get rid of a part and make some money. I didn't have time to bid, so I just bought it. Just paid for it and took it. But you get the idea of a bid, don't you? You offer a bid, and, and the person either receives the bid or rejects the bid. You got that? So here's what she said. She said, we've got to get really good in our marriages at catching more bids from our spouses. A bid is an offer. In marriage, it is an offer for a response. And here's what, here's what Emily Smith said. She said, we take bids from people outside our marriage all the time. We take bids from people outside our marriage all the time and then reject our spouse's bids. For instance, you go to Walmart and uh, a perfect stranger at Walmart can say, uh, hey, hey, how about those, name the team. How about those cowboys? Does anybody say that? Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, how about those Broncos? How about those Patriots? <laughs> Let's really divide this crowd. Uh, for our brother over here, how about those saints? There you, there you go. There you go. Uh, somebody here. Where's Brother Roland? Is he, is he in here, Brother Brother Roland? How about that? How about LSU? How about, how about those Tigers? I'm a Tennessee. How about those balls? I can bond with perfect strangers. If a guy walks in and says, hey, how about those Tennessee volunteers? I'm like, amen, Rocky Top. Amen, amen, Rocky Top. Woo, go Rocky Top. Uh, we may not have the best team in the world, but we know Rocky Top. And if you don't know Rocky Top, it means you need revival. Y'all with me on that? God is speaking. Did you sense that? And uh, <laughs> did you see that light just come on right there? Um, that was the Lord is here. Uh, but, but honestly, you catch bids all the time, don't you? You, you, you can go to Walmart. You can go to Walmart, and the greeter at the front says, uh, cold day out there, huh? Boy, it is. Next thing you know, you have a big conversation with a person you don't even know, don't even care about. May never see again, right? We catch bids. You can do that on an airplane. You can get on an airplane, sit down by a perfect stranger, and, and, and strike up a conversation, have a huge, you just, they offered a bid, and you took it. It's hard to travel on a plane today. When I first started traveling on planes, you could offer a bid, and people would take it, and you can give them the gospel and talk about all kinds of things. Rarely do people take bids now on an airplane. You ever notice that? Last guy I spoke to on an airplane, I said, hey, how you doing? And he ignored me. I thought, seriously? Well, he had earbuds in. Didn't even hear me. Didn't hear me. So I said it louder. How you doing? He goes, what's that? I said, how you doing? I said, fine. That was the end of that conversation. You know what I thought? A lot of marriages are that way. 
your spouse is always offering bids. How can I outdo my spouse? Catch more bids. Now, 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 Bethley, Bethley struggled with this a bit more than I did, but to me, I thought it made perfect sense. Bethley and I do this thing all the time called uh, flirt fail, right? <laughs> flirt fail. You ever had one of those? Flirt fail. What was you? You texted me this week. Do you, do you remember what? This week, you texted me flirt fail. You remember what it was? Uh, she was out shopping, and I was doing something in the house at the RV, and I hadn't even, I, I was, I was vacuuming. And thank you. And uh, she, she, my wife texted me and I was vacuuming. So I didn't hear it. I didn't catch it. And my phone's over there and I'm vacuuming. When I got done vacuuming, I noticed I had a notification. I opened my, my message from Bethley and it said, flirt fail. And I was like, how'd that happen? So I flipped back up. Oh, sure enough. She had made a cute little statement while I was vacuuming and I missed it. You know what happens? Sometimes in a marriage, we, we miss the bid. Because our life, sometimes it's because we're busy. Sometimes it's because we're not engaged. You ever have a flirt fail? That's missing a bid. But not all bids are flirts. Uh, Emily gives this, uh, this illustration in her article. And she says a husband is sitting in the living room. And his wife walks through the living room. And he says this, look at that cardinal. L- l- look, at, look at that cardinal on the bird feeder. Or he might not even say, look. He may just say, Hey, there's a cardinal on the bird feeder. Now, now, at that point, a bid can be received or rejected. And it's not, it's not like, anim- this is not a matter of animosity. It's not a matter of, uh, uh, are you kidding me? I'm not talking about cardinals. Now, I mean, it might be that if it's that, you need help. About, that's a different issue. Because if, 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 if your husband says, well, look at that cardinal, and you're like, what an idiot, then probably you need, you know, some counsel. Uh, or, or you need to take care of a separate issue. But sometimes like my wife is busy or maybe she's listening to Nancy Wolgamuth and she doesn't hear it. So that does happen. But, but you know, you have an opportunity to receive or reject a bid. And so, so Emily says, if a, if a husband says, uh, well, there's a cardinal on the bird feeder, the wife can just keep on going about what she's doing and that bid is gone. Or a wife could say, or a husband, depending on who says it, hey, there's a cardinal on the bird feeder. You can say, uh, oh, yeah, there really is. That's really, that's, that's a really, really awesome. And look how red that bird is. Look at that's beautiful. Wow. And, uh, you know, I mean, you could go as far as you want to go. It reminds me of your lips. <laughs> um, you know. But, but see, it doesn't have to go that far. It doesn't have to go that far. The thing about it is it could, just, it could just be a normal conversation. Oh, yeah, that's a really nice person. And what you did, you had a connection there. It's just about connecting throughout the day. Your, your, your spouse sends you a text, and he says, he's just thinking about you. Oh, my lunch break, just thinking about you. Uh, you can catch that bid. You can say, uh, what you thinking, big boy? <laughs> you see, that takes it in a whole other positive level. Or you could just be natural. You don't have to. You don't. You don't have to go that far. You could just say, uh, you know, I was just thinking about you too. How, how how's your work day? What did you do? You're just catching bids. Now you're communicating. You know what this is. You know what this outdoing is. It's about communicating and connecting. And if I change my thinking from the way the world is, what does the world do? I don't have time for you. See, contempt keeps that that bid from being taken. Contempt keeps that honor from happening. Negativity prevents the honor and the, the bidding from... They, we don't outdo each other when we're mad at each other. 
when we're negative to each other. We don't outdo each other. But if I change my thinking and start thinking, you know, I am married to one gorgeous lady. And man, I just love being with her. She's an amazing cook. And those blue eyes, oh my soul, those blue eyes. If I start thinking positive, well, next thing you know, I'm like, you know, and, and there's this that's great. And boy, she's good at this. And she's amazing here. And, and uh, wow, I'm a blessed man. Do you see how thinking changes everything? How's your thinking? How long has it been since the two of you were honoring each other and trying to outdo each other? One more question. What's the last one? It's not going to be on the screen. So Okay. How can I validate my spouse? Let's just talk about that one and call it a quits tonight. How can I validate my spouse? Um, what we mean by that is simply this. Think, think about it like this. Uh, validation is uh, when I uh, respond to lows and highs. Validation has to do with how I respond to the lows of life and the highs of life. We all go through lows, don't we? When we're struggling, when we're not feeling well. And a lot of times men, and, and, and let me just be frank like this. Sometimes a man can be so bothered that his wife is so busy with the kids, she doesn't have time for him. And, and maybe that needs to be worked on. I'm not undermining that. Maybe some changes need to happen there. But chances are, if she is absolutely worn out because she's taking care of, in her words, your kids, <laughs> that can be a real low time. And when you share lows with empathy instead of selfishness, that can become a really sweet matter. Like Bethley, as uh, her mother, a dad passed away, and then mom, her breast cancer returned. It had metastasized and to her bones. And the doctor said she had six months to live, and, and God let us have her for 18 more months. But many of those months meant that my wife and I weren't together because I was on the road doing revivals and even a couple conferences on the family that Bethley couldn't be with me because she was with her mom. Mom had to have a lot of care. That was a very low time. And there were times when Bethley felt, you know, like, I just feel like I'm, 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 I need to be home with you guys. I feel like a bad mom. That, that, and here's what I could have done. I could have been like, oh, oh, great. Here's my wife. Got to go see her mom. Here's my mother-in-law. I, I could have responded that way. Or I can be the man of God. God called me to be and think right and validate this time of her life. And when I, when I followed the will of God and validated Bethlehem during that time, it made our marriage sweet, even though it was a tough time of our marriage. Validation is huge. And it's all about thinking. No wonder the Bible says all the time, as you think in your heart, so are you. No wonder he says, you got to put off the old man and put on the new man. Here's how you do it. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Don't let this world conform you into their way of living. Rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. These three questions will help you to do it. How can I honor my spouse? How can I outdo my spouse? How can I validate? What you do is uh, the first one was, was share um, lows with uh, empathy and highs. What's our word? 
Enthusiasm. With enthusiasm. <laughs> yes. That's a good one. Are there any of you women, your husband is involved in something that just gives him incredible joy that is not really, doesn't matter all that much to you? You're like, okay, it's racing. Golfing. Golfing. Fords. Whatever. Whatever. And he'll get so excited. Oh my goodness. Did you see such and such a car? Did you see... My team, whatever. <laughs> Did you see that buck we were passing in the, my dad could spot a buck three miles away. I'm not kidding. And I would be like, where, where, where? Bethany's dad would <laughs> be driving on the road and he'd go, look at that 10 point buck. I, and uh, Amazing. Like, where, where? Amazing. But you know what? We tend sometimes because it doesn't matter to us and it's not in our here and now. And so we just tend to kind of gloss over it. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Hun, okay. And sometimes we're even like, really? But if we share that enthusiasm that he has, Kenny, that's great. That's awesome. I do not understand. Explain it to me. I don't understand why these cars go in a circle and a circle and a circle and a circle <laughs> and somebody wins. I don't understand it. Explain it to me. If we, if we validate in that way, my husband has this hobby <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> it's, he somehow got on this mailing list for this realtor that sells like million dollar properties from all over the world. The one I looked at today was $14 million for this house. Okay? Um, it's like this hobby for him because we are I'm never going to buy, gonna buy it a house It's half like this. my savings, okay? Oh. And. Uh, <laughs> But Just he kidding. loves to look at them. He, I mean, they send intricate, detailed pictures of these properties and the houses. And I mean, they come fully furnished. They come all this, I mean, huge. You could put like 10 of our house in one of these houses. And he just likes to look at it. I mean, it's just, it's his thing. And he'll be like, <laughs> The realtor Hun. has no idea who he's talking to. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Hun, come look at this house. You will not believe this house. It's it's in France somewhere, you know. And and I'll be in the middle of something, girls. I'm in the middle of something that needs to be done, like cooking dinner or laundry or whatever. And I'm like, we're never gonna buy this house. Never. Why are we looking at the house? And it occurred to me one day, I'm not very validating in this new hobby that he has of looking at houses that were. <laughs> So I try every once in a while to stop everything. Stop it. Just go sit on the couch beside him. Show me the house. And he gets so excited <laughs> that he gets to show me this house. It's I an go, awesome house. <laughs> but girls, we tend to gloss over these little things, don't we? And it's such a little thing that makes him so happy. Go sit on the couch and watch the cars go in a circle. Go sit on the couch and watch the game. Go sit on the couch and look at the realty. It validates your husband, and it's such a little thing. You know, that's so true. Even one of the things that, that I love Corvettes, and uh, I, it, you know, it's like the house I look at. I'm never going to have one. But it doesn't stop me from liking Corvettes. But Bethley has, has learned I love Corvettes so much that if we're driving down the freeway, and a Corvette goes past us. My wife now says, if I had the money, I would buy that for you. If I had the money, I'd buy you one of those. And I always say, and I'd take you on a date in it. 
I also say something else, but I won't share that with you. <laughs> and uh, uh, we'll just kind of keep that between us here. Uh, but it's just become our little, our, you know, what's she doing? She's validating something that I enjoy. Bethany loves cooking shows, you know, so I can roll my eyes. My wife even likes Hallmark. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I like Hallmark too because I know that I know exactly, wh- I know who she's going to marry. I'm just telling you, I know. We were telling somebody at lunch today or at the dinner tonight, we love watching Hallmark now with our daughter, our, our charity. Charity's 13. And she's hilarious watching Hallmark because she gets really emotionally involved. She was like, why are you dating him? And she's like, don't, ma- don't marry. What is wrong with you? She talks to the TV and it's adorable. I'm like, that is hilarious. And she says all the things I've wanted to say for a long time. And I'm like, yes, sweetie, you just say it. What are we talking about here? Now, look, the Bible is, is deeper than we are there than what we're being tonight. Because what the Bible is saying is that when God saved you, and can I just stop right here and ask you a question? Is that settled in your heart? Is it settled in your heart that you have been born again through Jesus Christ? Uh, We don't go to heaven because we're good people or because we were baptized or confirmed or went to catechism. The only way you can be saved is by coming to Jesus Christ as a sinner and believing on the one who died for our sins and was buried and was raised from the dead. We're at a Christian camp, and sometimes we take it for granted that we all know Christ, and I hope all of you do. But it would be a tragedy if we spent this weekend together and, and didn't take time to, to encourage you. If you don't know Jesus Christ, this would be a wonderful night to believe on him. Amen. Why, if you're a lady and you don't have that settled or you just have questions about it, Bethlehem can help you to know for sure you're going to heaven. And if you're a man, I can help you. Uh, the staff here at this campground are trained to help you know for sure you're going to heaven the Bible way. And if you're not sure about whether or not you've believed on Jesus Christ, that is where it all starts. It's so simple, but, but it, it's also very specific. It is simple, but there's only one way you can be saved. And that's by trusting in Jesus Christ who died and was buried and was raised from the dead. And you've got to turn to him, believe on him, come to him, trust in him. You have to be born again is how Jesus said it. So that's where it all starts. If you haven't settled that, we're about done. Examine your heart tonight and let us help you with it. Don't leave even this building tonight till you know for sure that you are born again the Bible way. Let us help you. But here's what happens. For those of us who have believed in Jesus Christ, we get saved. And then here's God's plan for our lives. God's plan is that the Holy Spirit that now lives inside of us takes the Word of God as we begin learning God's Word and applying it to our lives. The Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and applies it to our life and empowers us to live it, and we call that sanctification. It's nothing mystical. It's about me taking God's Word and letting the Holy Spirit apply God's Word to my life and empowering me to live the Word of God in my life. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have every understanding about it clear. But you do have to understand we've got to go to God's Word, learn it, apply it, let the Holy Spirit enable us to live it. And you know what happens? 
the Holy Spirit wants to take God's word and help us to think differently in a world that's so stinking messed up. And that's sanctification. As, as the Holy Spirit shows you, oh my goodness, you're wrong right there. And you say, okay, God, I'm going to start thinking what your word says. The Spirit of God will help you to start living it. This is God's plan. And you know, this applies to our marriage. Now that I'm a child of God, I have the Holy Spirit and I have the what? The word of God. So I go to God's word and I start saying, okay, God, what does your word say about how I am to love my wife and be the head of my home? God, how in the world can I submit to this man? and respect Him. And the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and begins to enable you to think correctly so you can live correctly. Brothers and sisters, you don't have to have all the answers because you have the Holy Spirit and you have the Bible. And if you will let God's Word in the power of the Holy Spirit change your thinking to be conformed to the image of Jesus, you know what Beth and I are trying to say to you? You can have an amazing marriage. How long has it been since you've asked the Holy Spirit to fill you with the Word of God and enable you to have a sweeter, greater, better, amazing marriage? How long has it been since you said, Lord, I'm thinking wrong, but I want to think right? Help me to change my thinking. How long has it been since you were grateful for your, your, your husband or wife and, 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 or since you were ungrateful and you went to God and said, God, change me. I want to be... I want to have a sweet marriage. I want to, I want to, I want Beth and I every day, even when we have issues, even when we get a little bent out of shape and our feelings are hurt, I want us to respond to each other in the power of your spirit in such a way that even the potential negatives make us stronger because we handle them properly and correctly in your power. Mm-hmm. Brothers, is this what we're trying to tell you? You can't love your wife and be the head of your home by yourself, sir. No man can do that. But you've got a Bible and the Holy Spirit that can power you, enable you, give you the strength you need to do it. There's not a woman in this world that wants to submit to a man and respect. Are you kidding us? It's us you have to submit to and respect. You can't do that on your own. But you have the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Brothers and sisters, if you'll seek God about it, The Spirit of God can help you to think differently, which will lead you to live differently, and your marriage will be something amazing. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Southland Podcast. It is our prayer that you would know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you have never experienced salvation through Christ alone, would you please reach out to us? You can contact us through our website at www.southlandcamp.org or call our camp office at 318-894-9154. See you next time on the Southland Podcast.